Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live.
Welcome to the Waterman Files. Welcome to the Waterman Files. This is Dr. John Waterman coming to you from deep inside the castle. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you might be. I'm glad you're here. And uh, it's very important for you, yes, you, to know, guess what? I know you don't know what I'm going to say next, do you? (laughs) Folks, it's important for you to know. One thing you already know, you're not alone. Now he's listening to this. We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. We are at the brink. We are at the brink. We are in this together. You are not alone. You are not alone. Grundgriff, you are not alone. Grundgriff, you are not alone. We are in this together. Welcome to the Waterman Files. This is Dr. John Waterman coming to you. And I don't know if you're hearing this all correctly, but uh, I think one of the channels is out. So if you've been trying to listen and it's supposed to be coming out stereo, (laughs) it didn't come out stereo, did it? And I was signed into the wrong account on Unseen. All kinds of stuff here has got me kind of flustered here trying to get started. Well, what I'm having is Equipment failure. It's been in the works for a while. I haven't wanted to believe my mixer, mixing board was going out on me, but I think there's some something funky been uh, trying to make its way into breaking, and I'm not sure whether we're still under warranty or not. But anyway, that's what I was fiddling with here while we were trying to get this, but I only have one channel going out. So if it sounds kind of funky and it's only coming out of one speaker, that's why. But anyway, I don't think that we're streaming stereo, so it probably doesn't make any difference. I'm glad you're here tonight. I'll just be kind of hearing some really weird way of, let's see here if I can balance everything. Well, anyway, I'm going to ignore that. I think we're probably going to be okay. Tonight, got a lot to talk about. We're just going to cover the news in types of uh, headings that are out there. Um, Trump leads Bubble Boy. You know who Bubble Boy is, don't you? 
Bubble Boy Rubio, the guy that's been flashing himself in a few years before he got into politics in uh, gay bars and doing dances half naked like a Chippendale at a gay bar as a Chippendale. Yeah, he is homosexual. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Trump is, of course, one Nevada. Trump rivals are trying to knock each other off right now, which basically amounts to whether the establishment's going to back Rubio or whether they're going to back Cruz. Cruz sunk himself by getting caught lying three times and doing too much that couldn't be recovered by the establishment, so they've jumped over to, guess who, Bubble Boy. And, of course, uh, that means that uh, they're not backing Trump. Here he is a Republican front-runner, the establishment doesn't want him. Even Beck, Glenn Beck, this real Christian, well, stop, I shouldn't say that, this Mormon, Glenn Beck, is calling Trump supporters Nazis. So if you happen to like Trump, you're a Nazi. In the meantime, as Hillary Clinton goes on the road and talks, some one of these black people that, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter type thing, got up in front and started saying Black Lives Matter. But anyway, she was reaming Hillary Clinton out in a meeting, one of her campaign locations, right up next to her. She put this sign. She says, yeah, we need to talk about that. And she says, no, you need to apologize because you were calling black people troublemakers. And they got into this argument. Of course, guess what happened to her, right? Anyway, we all know all of the connections and stuff that are happening with Hillary Clinton and what kind of criminal activity um, is going on. And uh, one of the things that maybe you don't know uh, about Hillary Clinton, out of all the things you need to know, right, there's tons of stuff you need to know. But any one of the things <laughs> you need to know is that, uh, by the way, Hillary Clinton has very deep ties to Monsanto. Now, all of you democratic, tree-hugging, you know, uh, sustainable agriculture permies people, usually folks, you find those on the left with Hillary Clinton, or what she purports to be on that side anyway, when we know she's just a shill for the Israeli Mossad. Um, she has ties to Monsanto. I'll get you an article up and uh, let you take a look at it. In fact, I'll just post that link into the, um, into the chat room. How's that? Uh, this is incredible. You know, about the time you've, think you found the bottom of this deep, dark, mysterious well, right? This deep, dark, mysterious, <laughs> corrupt well. You find something else out. Anyway, there you go. Hey, it's not... Here, let me tell you what's going on. Um, you know, Breibart.com, right? There's an article up there that says a judge lets a drunk illegal immigrant go after killing a Nebraska woman. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Folks, if you know, all you need to do is renounce your citizenship and become an illegal, and you'll have all kinds of rights. Wouldn't that be just dandy dandy? Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, just a little bit more of the headlines here. They're getting ready to let illegals vote real soon here in New York City. Wonderful thing. And, of course, uh, the real reason the FBI wants to hack into your iPhone is probably something that you need to know. Zero Hedge has an article up about, uh, it says, we just found out the real reason the FBI wants to a back door into your iPhone. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it, so I will post it. Hey, folks, if you're hearing this on a podcast or listening live and you're not in the chat room, um, this is where you get all this information. Go to unseen.is or write to me at groundcrew at unseen.is. IS and I will get you hooked in to the chat room. All right. Enough of this stuff. The news is nauseating me. I don't need any help in that category for sure. I wrote to Gordon Duff's organization website where I said he doesn't need to have money. The military industrial complex is funding his website. Why should you pay money to him? Well, they won't let me post on his website. So I wrote to him and I said, what are you guys afraid of? You're afraid I'm going to say something? Are you afraid that I might say something that your listeners, will, your readers will actually see? So anyway, that's still pending. Yes, I'm giving him a little, I had to give him a little bit of trouble today. Welcome to the Waterman Files on this, I don't know, 46th day of occupation in the year 2000 here. Oh, man. Uh, uh, This is the year of occupation for sure. Tonight, we are going to do quite a bit of talk about communications. Communications. We kind of covered it a little bit. I have this thing that I'm going to send here. Um, to you in the chat. It's called, you know, we've been doing this Operation Communicate thing, but I have a document that's Operation Communicate Part 1. It's about free band radio communications. Free band radio communications is called free band because it has regulations that are rarely enforced. Let's put it this way. There are no licenses available to broadcast on the frequencies that are called freeband. So how can they enforce anything? They can't. They just want you to think they can. Or at least they're not regulated like the rest of the radio bands. 99.99% of the time, regulators ignore the users on what is known, folks, as freeband. Okay? The frequency is there, but there isn't this license available, so users call it freeband. All right, so I'm going to kind of go through this document 
All right. And before I do, I'm going to actually give it to you in the chat room. And maybe you all can follow along. We have a lot of this stuff. Yes, we have a lot of this uh, stuff to um, cover tonight. Let me see where my things are so I can pull it up and get it to you. Here we go. In the chat room now, you can open up. This is a Word doc. It's a it's a um, it's a um, uh, what it's, I hate to say Word document because I use uh, I use uh, I use a free open source program called Libre L I B R E, and it has you know the it has the uh, word uh, processing program. It has a spreadsheet program it has a presentation program you know uh slide type thing it has uh art program you know all that stuff anyway this is a word processing program and as you can see the heading is free band radio communications so i'm going to go through this <laughs> we've done this once before but we're going to start putting it all together in one broadcast, so you can go f for two hours listening to this, covering stuff very rapidly, though, but you can stop and kind of peruse the documents and get an idea of what's going on. There are some frequencies in this category called freeband, though, that you as a user would be wise to avoid. For example, this, this freeband area is in what's called the 10-11 meter band, Okay. 11 meter is CB, 10 meter is a ham band, amateur radio band. So between 28.000 megahertz and 29.700 megahertz, you're very likely, in this frequency range, you're very likely to be tracked by ham radio operators. Why? Because that's the ham band. Even though it's free band and it's not licensable, ham operators are these real nerdy guys that are all Boy Scouts and have no clue what the Constitution is and that it has nothing to do with issuing license to people because there was nothing on the Constitution saying that you don't have a right to talk using the commonly owned you know, what's called airwaves. This, the ham band was only supposed to be enforceable to those that are citizens of admiralty jurisdiction, which they consider anybody born in America to be, which is not true. You and I know that, but we've lost our battle to constitutional freedoms, and so they, you know, just do it anyway. So we won't get into that. I mean, you know, they arrested him up in Oregon because they said all these truths, but, you know, with a gun, they went ahead and arrested him anyway. Anyway, in the USA, many truck drivers that use CB, they don't pay attention to this caution, and so they can be moving around, and they'll use these frequencies. Uh, they often talk, by the way, the CB's Channel 19 is 28.085. All this is in this document, okay? You can get all this info in here and read it. Trucking companies are often fined by the, FC, the FCC because of this, but drivers 
and the drivers can get fired, but most of the time they don't get caught. I mean, it's like 99% of the time. So the question is, if we're talking about free band and this all bad stuff is going on, what frequencies are these free banders using? Well, let's talk about that. The free band starts at 26.000 megahertz. Let me say it again. It begins at 26.000 megahertz and goes all the way up, but does not include the last digit of this number. It goes all the way but up, but not including 26.965. So you could do 26.964. Does that make sense? 26.965 is a CB channel 1. Now you go, wait a minute, I thought I could talk on channel 1. You can. It's called CB radio. We're talking about operating on bands that are not CB, okay? And so, again, the free band beginning at 27.405 and up to, but not including, 28 is the free band area. Above 28.000 is regulated 10-meter ham band frequencies. The area that, and now here's what's going on with the handband. So what are the issues that are going on in the handband or on the free band area? The frequencies are clear. They're free of, of busy chatter or interference like normal CBs have a lot of vile language that, you know, just is nonsense, chatter, so forth. Some areas don't. But the free band goes further than than. <clears throat> than a lot of uh, other frequencies or radios like family radio, GMRS, MERS, all that. Free band distance range is similar to ham radio. It's like 10-meter ham radio. It's comparable to CB, only it's more um, powerful. Why do I say that? Because it goes further. Okay. Free banders usually use a unique fake call sign number. Now, this is not illegal. What happened internationally and worldwide, free band users began to use this part of the radio spectrum to communicate on. They began to realize that it was pretty well unregulated all over the country, all over the world. And Italy came, uh, uh, one of the guys, one of the movers and shakers of this kind of culture in communications was an Italian guy. Yeah, he's uh, sitting over there next to the Pope. No, I don't know if he knows the Pope at all. And he said, let's start our own anonymous call sign um, agenda, our own call sign uh, strategy. In other words, they said, why don't we all have a unique call sign, just like regular call signs in every country, 
Only this, you don't have to give them your birth date and your social security number and your DNA and your blood test, your firstborn. You're anonymous. So there are several websites on the Internet where you can sign up, like Alpha, let's see, Alpha Omega, Sierra Foxtrot, that's one of them. And you can go and you can register anonymously. And they will assign you a call sign. The call sign is based on your country, which is Italy was one, since it was the guy that started this. He called his one. America was number two. And then they have a letter, couple letters after that, that are affiliated to the group that you sign up through. So if you happen to be getting a call sign from uh, Sierra Foxtrot, it'll be SFT or something like that, Sierra Foxtrot. And then there'll be a number, and it'll be whatever number is written next, you know. So you would have like, you would be like 1FST1914 or FST2105 or, you know. So you get a unique number and then that's you. Nobody uses the others because they know this kind of messes up the whole plan. What's the plan? These people are not like a bunch of bozos. They are trying to be unique. They want you to be able to call out over this frequency, these frequencies, and call for a specific person. And you can call, talk to each other. Pretty cool stuff. Because then you get to make friends with somebody. You can make a call out and see if they're there, kind of, so to speak, at home. And you can call them on the radio, blah, blah, blah. And, and it'll be the same person. That was the key to having these. But it was an anonymous. Nobody really knows. Now, some of the guys, they give their first names, but nobody knows who you are because it's an anonymous database of call signs. Almost like the freedom of open source software packages. And this was what it should have been in the first place. Now, the reason why this is nice is because free banders are not like the culture you find on CB, okay? They're more like very respectable. Many of them, folks, are ham operators. They really are. So, if they're talking about locations, uh, they usually were vague or used these informal code words in order to get a hold of each other. And so freebanders often were... Uh, just normal CB users or ham radio people, but they just wanted some of that long-distance communication advantage of ham radio, HF, and single sideband capabilities. But without a license, you can't do that on ham radio without getting hunted down, so to speak, at least before it hits the fan. Freebanders actually are going in between or outside of the normal CB channels. Let me say that one more time. You have... 40 channels on CB today. It used to be 19. In the 70s, they changed it from 19 to 40 channels. Today, there are 40 channels. Freeband frequencies are in between channel 1 and 2, in between 2 and 3, in between 3 and 4, so forth. So they can 
talk on a frequency that's not CB. Anyway, you can get radios to work this, okay? You go, how do I talk on this kind of of of, uh, of a frequency? Well, you've got to have a, a, a radio that can do that. Now, some CB radios allow you to actually input the frequency you want to use, and they can work. But the radios need to have these capabilities. Most of them are uh, that are CB radios are called export CB radios. These are radios that are designed to be, they can be sold in America, but they're called export CB radios. And they can transmit over this 40-channel CB band, but they can also get in between there, in between them. Okay? So all of that information is in this document that I put up. Now, to avoid detection, to keep the trouble away. And since there isn't any governmental agency using this, this isn't frequencies used by military, um, emergency services, or broadcast mediums, it was just not being used. So to keep the questions from use to be uh, reduced... So they don't get in trouble, and to avoid detection just to start with so they don't have any problems. They're not walking on anybody that's actually paid to be on a frequency. Freebanders often transmit from vehicles instead of base stations, but it's okay to do it from a base station. Long distance can be achieved when you're in that kind of situation by parking away from power lines, that kind of thing, going to hilltops and talking most of the time on these CB radios that are export CB radios so they can get into it. That kind of causes them the ability. But it, what, on the other hand, it doesn't give them much of an antenna. Portable antennas for this on those kind of radios look just like a normal CB radio. But if you can get it on a base station, it works better. Now, what's happened since the prepper movement started, communications became a very important item to consider. Folks, you can't do anything until you communicate. You can't, you know, do anything. Imagine having a life with people that you love and care about, friends, family, and so forth, and you can't call them. Today, people that have cell phones that grew up maybe half of their lives with cell phones, they can't imagine not having one. They can't imagine leaving it at home and being without it. Oh, my gosh. They can't imagine being without communications. So what I'm trying to say here is communications actually is important. We can't, you can't take an army and go to war without communications. You can't do anything. You can't even go to the store and get the right stuff if they can't communicate, hey, go get milk, you know. Communications is really important. And so it is and will be when it hits the fan and we have survival situations especially. We need to have direct radio-to-radio -radio communications where you control it, you can transmit it, you power it, and it all comes from you. 
Nobody in the middle. No tower in the middle. No other person in the middle. Well, they can hear you, but they can't stop you because you've sent this out to the world. They may not know what you're talking about because we're going to talk about code today, too. So anyway, the use of this radio-to-radio freeband CB single sideband is very important. Now, you can get some radios that will work on this, but they're hard to find. You can get military surplus ones, but, you know, they're hard to find. The most important thing to remember is that these are basically CB radios that have more capability. CB radios that have been modified in some way to have extra channels or expanded channels or the ability to go between channels. That's not the only ones that can do this. If you have a Yezu 450D ham radio, it can be physically modified with a soldering gun, and boom, you can do it. If you have an ICOM 718 ham radio transmitter, you can take it the front off, take the top out, take a soldering gun, and boom, you can do the same thing. But for those that don't want to get into a ham radio, you're still going to have to spend a few bucks to get the right kind that works on and in between these channels called CB channels. So how does that work? Well, if you go into that document now, you're going to see where the free band areas are. So I'm going to tell you over this broadcast, try to follow us. We have several channels, like I said, on CB. And so you have one through 40. And I'm looking at a diagram here that shows, like, the frequency for channel 37 is 27.375. You don't know it's that frequency, probably, do you? Because when you turn your knob to channel 37, you most of the time aren't getting uh, any information on the display telling you what the frequency is. Most CBs don't do that. They just display 37. Well... You're broadcasting on 27.375. That's channel 37. So how far up is from that frequency is channel 38? Well, we jump from dot, well, 27.375. We jump from 375 to dot 385. We jump 10. So in between those is some space. So where are the frequencies that the freebanders operate? Well, here they are. 27.379, 27.380, 27 27.381. Do you see what's going on now? But your ham your CB radio may not be able to transmit in between those because it just has Channel 1, Channel 2, all the way up to Channel 40. So how and where or what are you going to need? Well, most of uh, the ones that I'm going to talk about here are marketed uh, as and uh, for 
uh, export. But uh, here's the note I've got in here. It says, most of these, and there's a list here of radios, are marketed as 10-meter ham radios, or they are or will be banned for import in the U.S. Otherwise, most of the do-gooders look at these with disdain, so they may show up on auction sites and flea markets, um, non-mainstream CB locations and websites, <laughs> or under the counter at the truck stops, literally. Let me give you some names, folks, of the kind of radios, names, brands, that you can get. I'm not telling you to break the law. I'm telling you how free band radio and the culture of the free band world, which has been going on, and there are thousands of people that have call signs that talk to each other across the world all the time, every day. There's a model AE.497. It's an all brick. It can do it. There's some uh, Cobra radios that can do it. There's a Connex. There's several models. It's on this list. There's Eagles. These are radio brands. Dragon, Galaxy, General, Magnum, Mirage, North Star, President, Pro Star, Ranger, Striker, Superstar, Uniden. And then there's some ham radios, and I've already been telling you about those. And the favorites that I like is the ICOM 718 and the Yaesu 450D. Now, there are some HF signal sideband man packs that can be used, okay? This document that I put up gives you all of this information. And it gives you kind of the stuff that kind of lets you understand the basics of what's going on with free band communications. Now, I just put in the chat room, uh, Operation Communicate Part 2, continuing the discussion, of course, about radios for free band operation. I've got a link to the eham.net review. There's a uh, website, eham.net, that does reviews on ham radios. And they did a review on the FT450D. That's a Yezu 450D. And it got very high ratings. But one of the nice things about the 450D is you can modify it to be opened and used on CBs, like us on the CB frequencies. And most of, this, most of the time, you can use it as a CB if you don't, blast out a lot of power, and you just keep it simple. Why? Folks, it's important to remember, CB radios do not have very much power. That's why they don't go very far. They don't think civilians are smart enough to control all that. <laughs> it's incredible. Anyway, the CB radios legal limit is 4 watts. I can't even... I, I don't think I've got a light bulb in the house that's that low a watt. I have a 5 watt, maybe. It's 4 watts. You can take most of the Cobra, like a Cobra, you can buy from, 
effort. You, you, you know, truckers like Cobra radios. And they'll bring them to a CB guy, and he'll tweak it, and he might get 12 watts out of it because he tunes it up for you, right? What they usually do is they put an amplifier on them, maybe 50 watts, and then they talk so they can talk more reliably further, find out where the speed traps are, right? So as long as you've got a ham radio, and you can dial it down to four watts, you can legally talk as a CB user all day long, but I don't know any ham radios that can go that low. So if you don't abuse it, you could get away with talking on CB channels, okay? But we're not really talking about all this because we're concerned about being legal during times of regular non-disaster stuff. We're really getting ready, folks, so that we can communicate when it hits the fan. That's what we're doing. So... There are other radios that you can, you know, use. And, of course, uh, on that document, you will see there is a Chameleon F-Loop portable antenna, which I have changed my mind about because it just does not, it just does CW, as they call it, and it doesn't carry enough um, um, wattage. So I have two antennas, three actually, that I am favoring for use now. And uh, uh, so don't look at the antenna on this part two. Since uh, since that time, I have now got um, a better idea of better uh, deals and better antennas, okay? One of them is called a buddy pole, and there's all kinds of options. You can look at buddypole.com, and it's B-U-D-D-I pole. Instead of a Y, it's an I. And uh, those, it's it's an expensive, they can be expensive, okay? Then there's an MFJ, and uh, by the way, I've got these in another one. Um, An MFJ uh, antenna. And uh, it's inexpensive, but what I, what one of them that a lot of people like is one that's that is uh, been around for quite some time, and uh, I like it because it's. Uh, oh boy, I think I just did. I just cut myself off. Am I still? Hey, can you guys still hear me? I hope you can still hear me. Because my uh, window just sh- shut down on my uh, on my. Okay, I'm still on. Thank you, Marty. Okay, hang on, folks. I've got to log back into the chat room on TalkShoe so that I can continue to <laughs> be with them. Sorry about this. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Uh, I don't know what how I did that. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm I'm back, folks. I'm in the chat now. Finally, here we go. Let's see if I cut you guys off. Are you all still on? Let's see here. Yeah, you're still there. Okay, good. (laughs) Oh, boy. So we've got some antennas that uh, we need to cover and talk about. But before we do, before we go into antennas, um, folks, uh, if you're just doing 
a ham radio and it's an ICOM 718 or a 450, you've got yourself covered. You can do worldwide communications when it hits the fan. You can do CB and freeband stuff because you can modify it. And what you would need to do then, if you get those kind, is to get a multi-band antenna. And there are some multi-band antennas, some of which are pretty stealthy. Some don't go much more than seven foot tall and can go into a backpack. And they're that good. Yeah, they're that good. Some of them are about 13 foot tall, and they're all very simple. Some of them, of course, need uh, what's called radials. Radials are wires at the bottom of the antenna that stretch out across the ground, like at 9 o'clock or at noon, you know, 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and 3 o'clock. In other words, they make this big X at the bottom of the antenna because it has to reflect the signal off the ground wire into the air. But some of them don't need that. It just depends on what you want to buy. We're talking about $150 for these to maybe 200 if you want to get all the little bells and whistles. However, the buddy pulls even more. It's like 400 because it can do anything. Okay, it's a very and it's it's very sturdy, very solid. It uh, goes into a nifty little pack that you can put. You know, you can just. It's smaller than a. It gets into a little thing that's smaller around than a sleeping bag, so you can put it on your backpack. But uh, what I want to do before I continue talking about this is we have in the radio world codes. Now, this is an encryption. I'm not talking about encryption. I will talk about encryption today, but I want to talk about codes. Now, what do I mean by codes? In the amateur radio world, they have what they call Q codes. What in the world are Q codes? Well, they're just abbreviations to communicate something. So, what does that mean? Like, QSO is a code. What does it mean? It means, can you communicate with me? Can you communicate with or direct? Uh, QSL, can you acknowledge you received this? Uh, that kind of thing. There are other Q codes, like, are you troubled by static? That's QRN. Uh, if you're trying to ask these things, it just makes it quicker. Now, some of these, there's only three or four that most of the ham radio people use, okay? Because the list is pretty big. Unless you're on there all the time, you're not going to know it. But it will be important for you to at least have this. I recommend that you take this QSO list or these Q codes and you print them and put them in a plastic sleeve and have them next to your desk. And I have them, and let me turn on the light here. I have mine. There are some signal reports, too, that you can do. Now, signal reports are different than Q codes. A signal report means how readable is your signal from somebody, how strong is the signal, and if the tone is okay. Does that make sense? So if it's perfectly readable, you say you're five. If the strength is fairly good, or if it's extremely good, it's a nine. But if it's fairly good, it's five. But if it go, uh, by the way, readability doesn't go up. The highest you can go and the best you can get is five. 
So if the readability is the best, the strength is the best, these signal reports are, yeah, I receive you five by nine. When you hear that, that means you're extremely readable, you're coming through strong. That's what that all means. They're called signal reports. But I'm going to give you something a little different than that uh, to print out that you'll want. They're just called Q codes. So in the chat room, folks, I'm loading it up. If you aren't in chat and you want this, let me know. But Q codes, it's in a PDF form, so you can print it out, put it in a plastic sleeve so that it doesn't get wet. And you can know when start when you start getting on these and you start hearing cue this, cue that, cue <laughs> at least you'll have an idea, you know, they say, What's your what's your cue? And then they said, What's you know, cue? Well what what do you mean? Well, you won't know what they're talking about unless you've got this list, okay? So it's kind of a fundamental um, list of um, of things that you need to um, know when it comes to these codes that the, uh, that they're talking about. Now, back to the um, back to the antennas. There's an antenna called uh, there's an uh, there's a company out there that does all kinds of stuff. They do. They do uh, antenna tuners. They do uh, equipment that checks your equipment. They do wires. They do all kinds of little accessories that are. That, but they don't make ham radios. They make everything that a ham radio might be needing. And the company's MFJ. That's just their abbreviation. They have an antenna that's been designed to provide you or anybody, portable or permanent operation in restricted areas. They often call it a stealth antenna. Um, it's called an MFJ-1795 that's, it's, that's their, they just put numbers on stuff. Vertical antenna, it's straight up and down. Go straight up in the air. It never gets, if you take this, you can, it, it, it expands kind of like it pulls out and it, it gets bigger. Uh, it won't go, um, it's a small antenna, folks. It's under 10 feet tall. So it's very, very portable. But what's nice is it can work on 40 meters, 20 meters, and those are 40 meters nighttime, 20 meter can be on both night and day but mostly daytime. Another daytime free, uh, band is 15 meters. And then the, 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 the band that is real close to free band, which means then you can use it on free band, is it can go from 10 to 40. You can, it, it goes in those steps. And it can handle 1,500 watts. And it's inexpensive. Okay. So this is one of the antennas that I have been recommending now that people might want to get because it is so uh, inexpensive. Now, there is, some, there is some putting together. When you get it, you have to, you know, uh, put it together. And it's not that hard, not that big a deal. <laughs> and uh, so it's pretty simple. It really is. It's pretty simple. So I'm going to be uh, giving you this in the chat rooms over here in uh, Unseen. 
And uh, this is an MFGA 718. It's uh, it's pretty nice. Hang on, let me get this for you. Mm. And and talking about antennas in general, um, I have a very 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 good. I like it. Um, it's it's a it's an antenna guide, but it really kind of has some principles in there that that's good for anything. It's a CB base station antenna guide. I'm always talking about CB because that's where Freeband is, okay? And it talks about antennas and installing them, kind of what they could look like, how you can mount them on your house, whether they're guide-wired or not, and that sort of thing. So it's just kind of a, 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 a... uh, very, it's from the uh, Oregon State University. Uh, uh, there's a uh, agriculture extension agriculture engineer that put this together, and I thought, well, this is real basic. They don't all look like this, okay? They don't all look like this kind of antenna that you're going to see in the dems- in this in this document. Uh, but I thought it was f- basic, fundamental information. And so you can use that as a guide. It's really pretty decent stuff there. And so I really thought that was worth having, too. Now, excuse me. A couple more things is I have one more uh, talking antennas. I have one more uh, guide. That was only a couple pages. This one is a uh, is it's it's a document of 13 pages. This is by Bob Grove. He's well known in the uh, ham radio world, and he has this little 13-page thing. All it says all about antennas, how they work. You know what? You know how does why does how does an, a different antenna? Some of them go one direction, transmit one way. How come? Some of them are omnidirectional. They'll, they'll broadcast every direction. Well, why? So it goes into that kind of stuff, and it tells you where and uh, where you might, what is a ground, uh, uh, how to put one together, what construction size is. You know, It tells you very basic stuff about antennas. It doesn't. If you take your time, you can go through it. It will not be hard to understand. It's 13 pages. It's well worth having, and I think you better have it, absorb it, and just peruse this at least before it hits the fan. Certainly keep it handy, right? Definitely keep this thing handy uh, before, uh, well, if you don't, Read it now. Have it handy for later. <laughs> the most important thing, folks, for you to do, I think, if you haven't got any radios at this point, is this. Get you a CB radio that has the capability of going in between the channels so you can talk on on these freeband frequencies. Of course, you're going to have to you know, go shopping for that, and that list will give you the idea of which ones to get. You can also get on the eBay and buy them from reputable dealers there and so forth. Just, you know, there are plenty of them available. Um, if you just want to know what kind of ham radio, I already told you it was the ICOM 718 and the Yaesu 450D. If you 
can't afford a big radio to listen to shortwave broadcast worldwide and across the country when it hits the fan, you need you need to at least get a radio to listen to. Maybe we can help you make this happen. We have a listener that's willing to accommodate the ability for us to make possible you to have a radio by acquiring them until you can, you know, pick one up or maybe we can get some deals. We're going to try and make some things happen, okay? In the meantime, here's the deal. You at least need to get a portable radio to listen to international and national broadcast. You need to have a CB radio that will get you on the free band frequencies. That's the minimum. So, I'm going to tell you two radios that I think will work. The very best portable radio, the very best one that will pick, it is as good as a ham radio receiver. In fact, some ham radio uh, operators actually get this little portable radio to, to as a receiver just to listen to while they talk on a different one. It's called the Sanjian 909. The Sanjian 909. Whatever you do, do not get a Chinese-made radio, particularly Dijin, D-E-G-E-N. Do not get that because they have programmed in their software on their radios obsolescence so that it starts fouling up in about a year. Everybody knows about what they've done to their radios to us. They can make them right, but they aren't making them right. Just as soon as the warranty period's over, voila, the radio starts acting funky. I've got one. It started acting funky. (laughs) And I'm going to spell, yeah, somebody wants me to spell this, and so I think you're wanting me to spell the Sanjian. And so I am going to spell the Sanjian as soon as I type it in and make sure I'm spelling it right. S-A-N-G-E-A-N. And you'll want a Sanjian 909. They have another one that, if you can't afford that one, the next one down from that would be a 505, Sanjian 505. They have all kinds of... um, you know, tabletop and portable radios, all kinds of other stuff, too. Uh, but what you want to get is um, a Sanjian 909 or a Sanjian 505. Let's see here if I can find a price on a 505, just to kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about here. Hang on just a second here. I see one is at uh oh we've got a we've got one at uh, uh Amazon. I'm not going to pull up Amazon cuz it takes so much stuff and it'll take forever pulling up. I'm going to give you a link though to a review of the 505 in 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 a re, uh, independent review. I just put in there and it got 3.75 out of 5. That's kind of okay. And the price it said on the side uh, when it was put up here was in the, let's see if I've got a date. Uh, 
sometime in 2013, the price was $129.95. Now, let's try the 909. And let's see what that same group rated it, okay? So we'll go into it and hang on just a second. Hopefully I can find a review of it. By the way, um, the Sanjian 909 is an awesome radio. But there, oh, here it is. Here's the um, 909 review. Let me give you that one. This one was put up in 2014, and the price is, it says here, 250 Folks, uh, i got to warn you, this review is of an older model. The Sanjian 909 is not, see, because it used to be also called a Radio Shack 398, DX398, but that's not the model they make anymore. But anyway, it's 250 I would I would have to say that Radio Labs is more like the kind of, uh, let me go get a better price. But the rating, by the way, the rating that they had for a Sanjian 909, the old one, was 4.1. It's a bunch better, okay? It's, I think it was even, um, it's probably the, the radio of choice anymore when it comes to portables. Um, I'm sorry, I don't mean 505, I mean 405. Four, 405 receiver. I'm sorry, let me tell you this again. Sanjian ATS 405, and they're $89. That's the Sanjian 405. Uh, the Sanjian 909, uh, let me give you a link to it. This is just to receive. This is the one the hams like that sometimes they use. Giving you a link to it. Oh, somebody put in a nice Amazon link there. I hope it's. you can compare it to this one because uh, Radiolabs sells it too. Uh, the price at Radiolabs is two eighty nine. Now here's what's interesting. Radiolabs has technicians, and they took this Sanjian nine oh nine and they re and they actually went in and revved it up even more. They actually put it on their bench, and they 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 tweaked it. Nothing wrong with it already. Not a thing wrong. But they actually went in and modified it to do even more. And so you can get modified versions of the 909 Sanjian from Radio Labs that uh, is unequaled. Totally awesome. It's been modified for clarity, but there was nothing wrong with it. It's just like some people are just, you know extremely finicky about how good it works. But these guys did awesome extra stuff to it. And it says here, the 909 received a great review from Dave, putting some top contending receivers, even from the ham world, against each other. Radiolab's 909 that's been modified says it shines in clarity, filtering, and sensitivity. So they've done some really neat stuff to the radio, and, of course, that's under warranty and the whole bit. 
So if you want it to be tweaked as a receiver, you've got it. You might like, by the way, going to Radio Labs because they have all kinds of neat stuff for people like you and me that are preppers. They have antennas that can reach out and grab an Internet connection 12 miles away. <laughs> it's incredible what they've got. They've got stuff for RV people. It's, un it's unbelievable. They've got some pretty cool stuff. Anyway, it's the Sanjian 909 and it's the Sanjian 405. Those would be the radios that you would want to uh, consider making part of your listening if you can't get a one that's that's can transmit too. Okay, so that kind of gives you an idea. Then you go ahead and you get your CB radio. Always make sure you've got radios, folks so that we can be communicating. Now, I'm going to take a break. We're going to uh, play some stuff. I'm going to get me something to drink. When we come back, we're going to talk about how we're going to communicate with each other when it hits the fan privately or encrypted, as they say. Okay? So enjoy the music in the break time, and uh, we'll be right back after this. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. In the dark night of the soul, it is the deep breath before dawn, the penitence before the cup, the darkness before first light. From the deep inside the castle, at the heart of the resistance, the waterman files. Neither does oppression. In both instances, there's a twilight where everything remains seemingly unchanged. And it is in such twilight that we must be aware of change in the air, however slight, lest we become unwitting victims of the darkness. have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede.
His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is the most interesting man in the world. Welcome back to the Waterman Files. This is the second hour of the Waterman Files. We're talking about communications today. I have a document that uh, we need to get out to you there on the chat room. And uh, if you are hearing this and you're not in the chat and you want any of these documents, just write to me at groundcrew at unseen.is and I will get you the documents so that you can be caught up with this. I'm going to give you this next uh, document. It's about the frequencies. It's going to be giving you the frequencies from Woody World. I don't know who that is. I just have it on this little sheet here. For, and it's a, a frequency list for the U.S., Australia, New Zealand, France, and Japan of what they coordinated for Citizens Band and more. So Channel 1's frequency is there, Channel 2, Channel 3. They have one called Channel 3A. Uh, it's a frequency adopted for uh, CB clubs. So you'll see it says that, by the way. And this goes on down. Then it pops over after it gets past Channel 40. And then it goes to the unofficial uh, slash illegal free band frequencies goes uh, all the way up uh, through actually channel 60 and then there's some Japanese CB ranges so this is real important I thought maybe uh, 
you would uh, like hearing about it. And then there's a few people that broadcast on certain frequencies at certain times in New Hampshire. They're the American Eagle Single Sideband Net. You can listen to the American Net out of New Hampshire and so forth. And uh, there's some other links here. And, of course, uh, this will kind of give you some kind of idea of what we're talking about here. Let me see here if I can get this to you. Hang on just a second. Is that it? I'm going to retype. Let me uh, rename this file so that uh, I'm just going to call it the... Um, I'm going to call it the International CB Frequencies, okay? All right, so here we go. Let me put this in the chat. <clears throat> All right, there we go. Also, uh, more information. If you've got a radio that you've got now, and if it's a ham radio, you can listen to this. If you've got a listening radio, you can listen to it. But there is a very large shortwave radio uh, company called WWCR. It stands for Worldwide Christian Radio, and they have a program guide. They have several transmitters at their location. They have um, transmit schedules for all four of those transmitters. One of those transmitters has been completely taken on <laughs> over by this psycho guy by the name of R.G. Stair. So for, you know, this transmitter four is, you know, not even, if you want to get a hoot, go over and listen to that guy. Anyway, um, here's what we'll do is we'll put this in there, and that way you can at least have a very powerful signal to listen to and learn to use your equipment on. And it gives the time of day. And one of the things that's very good, I think, about trying to navigate to these big big uh, radio stations, by the way, they're AM. They are not single sideband, lower or upper. They're not that at all is that you begin to see as the time of day changes, their frequency changes. So at 12 a.m. early, early in the morning, WWCR's not like transmitter number three starts broadcasting on 4. Dot, i got to make this bigger. Hang on. Can't read that. 4.840. Then it leaves it there until... 7 o'clock in the morning, and then they switch frequencies to 13.845. Then when 7 o'clock at night comes back, they go back. So you get the idea by just looking at the schedule and the frequencies, which ones are for daytime and which ones are for night. And uh, so that's real good for you to get practice listening, Okay. Most of you should be able to do that. Um, let's see here. I have a whole bunch more stuff here. Um, we have a... Um, <clears throat> there's an organization called Amron. They seem to be trying to do the right thing. I'm not a member of it. 
And they have put together the emergency frequency of channel 3 on a CB4 preppers. So even if you can't get on the free band, if you have a CB radio and you get on channel 3, you should hear some preppers. In the meantime, there is a SHFT frequency list, and it explains how this whole thing works that they've put together. And I think this is something that we need to consider mimicking for the ground crew. If not, if we're not going to join this group and be coordinating with them, then we actually, and by the way, they want you to have license and all that. So if we want to do this, we could do it at the same kind of thing. We just pick different frequencies. And so this SHF or TF frequency list is one really, really good idea, I thought, uh, when it comes to being able to navigate. And it really tells you what time and what frequency and so forth that all of its, all their communications is going to occur. And uh, so I thought, gee, why reinvent the wheel? So we're going to put that one in the chat. So you've got something. Now, this is the kind that you would maybe uh, cut out, and it'd be maybe um, a 5 by 7 piece of paper, or maybe something like that, and you could laminate it. It'd be waterproof. You could be in your backpack and not even have to worry about it ever again. But we're going to be picking out frequencies that we will be communicating on as a ground crew group because we know each other. It's real important that we communicate with people that we know because we know who they are. <laughs> Makes a big difference. All right. Second hour, I've, I've dedicated to something very odd, very different. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to learn how to do code transmissions. We're not code. We're going to use code book to do this. So we're going to practice. So I'm going to be dropping into the chat a Bible. There we go. It's in a zipped file. You have to unzip it. Okay, you have to extract it. And this is the King James Bible. And I'm going to show you how to use a Bible for a codebook. If you do not have the capability of opening this file, grab you a Bible. Get a Bible that has, you know, two columns on each page, okay? I'm going to open up this one. It's the, uh, uh, I, by the way, I sent in there a, a, a KJV, that's King James Bible that's been zipped up, by the way. And uh, what I'm going to do is, Here's the most important thing that I had to find for us is that these they had to have page numbers. Okay. Now, the important aspect of using a code book is you have to have exactly the same kind of... You have to have the same code book. Both the sender and the receiver have to have exactly the same code book. Now, the most secure way to do a code book is to make your own code book. Otherwise, you might have to use one that's already created, which is what we've got here. It's just the Bible. The reason I put this one out there is because I want to show you how you use a Bible. And we did this in Eastern Europe when we were 
smuggling Bibles into Eastern Europe before the, well, we got, by the way, yeah, when we did get stopped, you know the story, when we did get caught and we got stopped, they gave us the Bibles back. I, I couldn't believe it. But they made us leave the country. Well, we did. We weren't. We got caught as we were going into Romania. We got caught in Hungary, so they let us go. They wanted us to leave, actually. <laughs> so, by the way, if you go to this, if you've got it unzipped now, or if you've got any Bible, flip it open to any page. And when you look at the Bible, when you've got it open, there'll be two columns on the left, two columns on the right. Most of the time, that's how Bibles have been printed. In the meantime, some of them have little columns in the, in the middle of the page. We're not going to pay any attention to that. The most important thing is that you see there's two columns on these pages. When you want to send a, a code, you want to talk to somebody with a message that somebody doesn't understand, that's coded. Here's how we do this. For us to do this, we don't do letter by letter. That's getting real nitty-gritty, and it can work, but it's too much trouble tonight to show you how to do letter. We're going to do words. We're just going to pick words out. So if you wanted to do a word on the page that you have open, and by the way, if you have this one open, I'm on page 17, you will see that that's where in in my Bible, in online, this uh, digital version, that's where the book of Genesis begins that we were talking about the other day. And <clears throat> if we wanted to make a message that said, uh, uh, m I, you know, you want, I need meat or something like that, M-E-A-T, okay? You could pick any of the words here that any of the verses that has the word I, and here's how you could locate it, okay? For example, in verse 29, on page 17, there's the, it says, and God said, behold, I. You want to use that word. Here's how you do it. To get the code for the word I, here would be the code. You would, you would put down, you would say, or write down 17, then you would say the letter B, because these pages that are on these two uh, these two columns on each page, those have we have column A, the second one over on the left is column B, the first one on the right hand side and the right page is column C and D. So on these four columns, as you open up a Bible and look at it, you have column A, B. CD. Did I lose anybody yet? So you do 17C, which means you are going to go to page 17. You're going to go to the second column, and then you say 29. That's verse 29. And then you count in 1, 2, 3, 4. It's the fifth word in, and then you say 5. So you do 17 uh, B, 29, 5. That's how you give the code, and you've got the word I. Now you go ahead, you say, well, how, where did you find meat? Well, meat's in that, also in that, uh, uh, 
It's the last word of that verse, by the way. So you count however many words in on verse 29, the word meat is, and you've got the next word. So let's do this all again. Let's start, let's start from scratch. You've got your Bible open. It's facing you. I don't care what page you are on, but if you're on this document, you, you've got uh, two columns on the left on each page. So if you're on um, whatever page you're on, you're going to have two columns, and then on the other side of the Bible, on the other page, you're going to have two columns. As they as these columns are presented to you, or as you open up anywhere in a Bible that has two columns on each page, you're going to have four columns laying there in front of you. Four columns. And they are labeled A, B, C, D. So as I go to page 17 of this example, on just page 17... Only on page 17, there is only two columns, and they're AB because they're on the left. On the right-hand side of the book, when it's opened, is page 18. And they'd be facing you, too, also, because that's what the Bible opened up to. And so now we have columns C and D. So you could virtually say in your code you want them to go to 17 or they could go to 18. 17 or 18 could be used because now you've got them opened up to these two pages and the most important thing is you tell them what column to go to. Okay, if you're looking at the PDF of the download and you go to page 17 that's printed on the book. Don't go to page 17 in, in the PDF that tells you what page you're on. Go to where it shows in the right-hand top corner of the page in the Bible. By the way, if you've got the PDF open, sometimes PDFs only show one page at a time. Sometimes they show two pages. You need to do it where it shows two pages at a time because that's like a book being opened. So you've got your book open, just like off the shelf. And on the left-hand side of the, uh, of the uh, in, when I open your book, you have two columns. And on the right, you have two columns. Have I got anybody lost now? So you just open it up, go to page 17. And the first column on the left, which has verses 1 all the way down through, let's see, it got, the first column has... Uh, it's trying to jump on me. Hang on just a second. It goes all the way through 26, verses 26. That's column A. Then it starts all over on that page and goes all the way down on page 17 to verses... Uh, oh, it goes through a new chapter. goes to chapter 2, verse 19. Well, that whole group of Bible verses in the second is the second column. That's column B, as in boy. Then it goes to the next page. That's column C. And finally, the last column where all the verses are is column C. I mean D, excuse me, D. 
When you navigate a Bible and you have a real physical Bible open, it never can have the pages move around like a PDF. In other words, folks, if I want to, I can click on this. And when I go to the next page, it might not be the right same page. In other words, 17 or of your book will always be on the left, so to speak. Page 18 will always be on the right of the book of where you open it. <clears throat> so you have four columns with two page numbers in front of you, page 17 and 18. You can give either one of those two page indicators as the place for your your code to go. You can say 17 or 18, and then you can give the column letter, A, B, or C. Then you call, call out the verse, and then you count in from that verse the first word, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and you go over to the word I. That's your first word in your code. The code took the numbers 17 or 18. It had to have the letter B. It had to have that verse number of 29. And then it had to ha tell you, and then you had to tell them how far into that verse am I going to pick the, the word out. It was five words in. It caught one, two, three, four, five, and that happened to fall on the letter or the word, and it happens to be a letter too, but it's a whole word, I. If you wanted it to be, uh, you know, the uh, you, the word you or have, you count over however many it is. If you begin to think about this, you don't ever have for common words like the or or you or and, if you're going to use them in your message, most of the time you don't use a lot of these in, in messages. But common words can be used in different locations because they repeat constantly. They repeat constantly. I have a strong concordance over here that tells me in the Bible, the King James Bible, how many times a word uh, uh, occurs in the King James Bible. Of course, and is quite often, the is quite often. So you just search around in the Bible for the words you need, and you give the page number of either one of the two pages that you opened up to. You give the column, whichever column is in, is it the first one, the second one, the first, the third one over, or the fourth one. There's four columns facing. You give the column, give the verse number, and then count in how many pages. Next week, next week, get kind of familiar with this. Over the weekend, I'm going to put on the watering files some codes. Okay? I'm going to put them in a post. I'm going to tell you, ground crew, I want you to decipher this code. And I'm going to put a sentence together. And the sentence is going to have a series of letters and numbers for each code. I'll put one line for each one so you don't blend them together yet. So I'll have a sentence that I want you to decode using this PDF Bible I sent you. 
So let's go over something uh, else. Let's say um, uh, the word woman. If you are on page 18, you will see that it's in column C. See, on the right-hand side, the right page has only C and D columns. On the left-hand side, there's only A and B. So we would go 18 or 17, because that gets you open to the two pages that are always going to be there. And you go column C, and then you go down to 2. Don't give the chapter. Give the verse. 2. And then you go 1, 2, 3, and you see there's the word woman. So it would be 18, C, 2, 3. And that's the word woman. Then you flip through the book, look for your next word. Give the page number. Give the column number. Give the verse number. Now, if what if you might be asking, what if there's more than more than one verse two in that column? Well, you got to be very careful to not have a duplicate number in your code. In other words, you has to be unique. So pick another. If there's another verse for that word in there. Well, uh, just, let me put it this way. If you have two verses, two numbered verses, so if you have a number, if you have like a verse 10 showing up twice in a column, don't use it. Go to another part of the Bible. Because some of these chapters, like chapter 1 might only be two verses. Chapter 2 might be, I mean, the book of Jude only has one, one uh, chapter, you know. <laughs> But that's okay. The point is, it has to be a unique code, and you don't want them confused because somebody else might pick up a different uh, verse instead of the right verse for the code. Anyway, we're going to have some codes up, and we're going to have them on the water you, over the weekend. You, you've got till Tuesday to decode it. <laughs> And in the meantime, you will be able to practice. And I'll put up uh, maybe a couple sentences, and it will just be a, a it'll make sense, and we'll see if you can uh, get this cipher or encrypted message uh, decoded. Now, we're going to be. I think we're going to be meeting in uh, the Ozarks in October. Pretty sure we're going to do this. And uh, I made a call to Eli James and asked him if he would like to come too. He says, yeah. And so he and I are going to get together, and we're going to see about putting together uh, a little ground crew conference that we can all get to. If that happens, folks, we'll go over some more of this kind of stuff. But I think, actually, I'm not sure. It's very tentative because if what if stuff starts falling apart? Well, and then it, it's off, right? But we need to get all this kind of communications and how we're going to communicate with each other 
whether it be over the Internet or not. The main thing that I want you to be aware of is if you need to know what's happening, it will be put on the Waterman files. What's the backup plan if the Waterman files goes down? What's the backup plan? Well, the backup plan is that you might find information on simplyyourhealth.com for a backup. You'll find information there in case that one goes down. Now, if all the Internet goes down, we will not be communicating via the Internet, will we? What we will be doing is transmitting according to SHTF frequencies that you just got tonight. Now, which frequencies are those? If you remember, you have the SHTF frequency list that was put together by Amron. And... uh, What I will be doing is uh, using their frequencies until further notice. You will notice on that document, the wallet size, there's a little area up there, and it says there's a little printout. We could probably make our own printout, but there's the free band frequency. So if you haven't seen this, I will tell you what they are right now that we will be using so that you can write them down as a backup communication frequency. The CB free band frequency that we will be using is 27.368 upper sideband. Now, you don't know what upper sideband is yet. This is a feature that has to be on your CB radio that lets you push this button. And what it does is it takes the the frequency and cuts it in half, and you're either using the upper half of it or you're using the lower half of that frequency. What does that mean? When you narrow the frequency down, the same amount of power that's being put into sending out the signal only has to push half as much bandwidth out, and it goes further. So when you're on upper or lower, you can talk further. So when you get your CB radio, it has to absolutely have upper and lower sideband capability in order to hear this stuff. You might say, well, you're way off a long ways from me. Well, you're going to hear me because I will be on a radio that will blast that frequency nationwide. But you got to remember, this frequency band doesn't do too well sometimes during certain times of the day. Now, if that frequency happens to be busy, here's the next one. 27.3. 378. So we have 0.368 and we have 0.378. These will be what we use till we finalize what we want 
as our own frequency and meeting place for the ground crew. In the meantime, when would we be broadcasting? If you look up in the right-hand corner of the frequency list document there, it says 333 radio plan. It means they're going to be communicating every three hours for three minutes. And the last three stands for channel three. Channel three on your CB, you could hear this. So here's what it would be. We would be at 12, we would be at 3, we'd be at 6 and 9, and we will talk to give you news and info for at least for at least three minutes. So you don't have to wait much longer than two hours before you would hear an update on your radio. And that's the schedule. Three hours for three minutes on channel three. Now, you're always going to have a time difference, right? It's always saying on here, always use your local time for area communications. You know, like your three o'clock may not be my three o'clock. So there is one change that I would like to make right now for us all. It's all going to be based on East Coast time. The broadcast is based on East Coast time. We will be using the East Coast time. So at noon or 12 o'clock on Eastern time will be a broadcast. At 3, there'll be another broadcast. At 6, there'll be another. And at 9, there'll be another all East Coast time. Eastern, okay? Oof. Folks, it's been uh, quite a journey, hasn't it, to get all this communications going. And it's real important for us to consider the fact that communication is vital. There are some plans underway, as I understand it. Um, I got some information from somebody that's in our ground crew chat here due to their uh, ferocious information gathering. Uh, there was a broadcast that was done. I can't remember who it was now. I don't know if it was, um, geez, uh, Hagman might have been interviewing him. I don't know who the, oh, it was um, Common Sense. And there has been discovered that they're going to really start coming after alternative broadcasters <laughs> hey name 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 a, a thing alternative medicine oops um militia sympathizers oops uh alternative broadcasters uh, we, you know the whole list of politically incorrect is sitting right here deep inside the castle <laughs> So we really do have to start getting ready, don't we, for being able to communicate to each other. Wow. Oh, boy. You know, you're right. Um, I've been asked, why don't we give the ISPs of your site? I'll tell you what, that's a really good idea. Somebody, Marty in the chat says, why don't we, 
why don't you give out the ISP number of your site? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I don't know what they are, but I will find them. And here's what I'm going to do. At the top of the Waterman files and the top of the Simply Your Health, I'm going to put the ISP number there before they start you know, blocking it by name so that you can type in that number. Folks, did you know that you can like type in an ISP number like 126.49.3.2 and it will take you to a website? So if you get if you got written down the website you always frequent and you put down their ISP <coughs> number <coughs> then you can get to that website um, based on uh, the knowing the ISP number. And that's because uh, they've started using, you know, the, the names system. You know, Simplier Health, the Waterman Files is unique, but so are the ID numbers. It's the actual IP number to it. And so um, I'll put that up, and then you can see it when you go to the website's Simply Your Health and, and the Waterman Files. This weekend you should be able to find it Saturday, Sunday, sometime. It'll be up there. You can grab it, get you a little 3 by 5 card. And I have a whole file system of 3 by 5 because I don't trust being able, you know, storing stuff electronically. So I have quite a, a system of communications uh, contacts on little three by five cards that at first it started off with these little spiral, you know, the little spiral notebooks that are three by five. Well, I outgrew those fast. Now I'm in about, now it's about two foot long. <laughs> and I have all these websites. I have people's names. I have contacts. I have, uh, you know, everything, anything that has anything to do with getting in contact with somebody, it's written down. And we need to write this all down. So, um, through the gracious offers of one of the people in our community called the Ground Crew, um, we need to have a physical copy of a Bible. And that all has to be the same for all of our Ground Crew members. I'm talking about a physical Bible that's the same year, the same publication, and it doesn't need to be a hardback unless it's just super cheap for it. And it'll be our code book. And somebody has been willing to purchase those to make them all the same in one bulk order. Then we can distribute those out to the ground crew. Wasn't that nice? We can at least get one purchase done so they're all the same. And then everybody can get theirs uh, from that person and uh, they'll all be the same. And so we're going to have that underway. That's been really, really good that uh, uh, the ground crew are getting involved in all this. And one other thing that I want to uh, make sure that everybody is aware of, I don't mention who these people are on the airways, but if you're in the chat, you'll know. One of the other things is if you have any idea how to connect up mixers on a, what's called a, a, a patch-through system, hey, if you know anything about broadcasting and how to set up a, a studio beyond what I do, which is probably a little bit more than most do anyway, let me know. 
uh, I'm going to be picking them brains on a FM radio station here nearby. I, the cable guy, I ask him, he says, hey, I know somebody that might be able to help. So I might already have this problem addressed. And he gave me a friend's name of his that is an FM radio guy, techie guy, broadcast fella. He said, tell him I just sent you. Sent you. So I'm going to call him and I'm going to go over there and I'm going to talk to him and see if he can't finagle my my system so that I can do everything completely from right here. And uh, that would be great, I think. <laughs> Okay, folks, I don't think I've got anything else. Does anybody have any questions in the chat before we leave? Um, I will address those. And uh, if you have any more, if you have any more of these, uh, how do you use this code book, I'll go over it as long as you need to. Um, but if you kind of look at what I was talking about, there's four columns to... When you open up two pages, there's uh, two columns on the right, two columns on the left. Those are four columns, A, B, C, D. And uh, so when you get these numbers, you can decipher it. And when you get done, you'll know whether you've got it, because if it's a sentence that makes sense, it's, it's probably right. So, okay. Um Keep, uh, keep abreast of us and find out what's happening. You can go to the Waterman files and subscribe to my posts at the very top. It says subscribe to my posts for free, and you will get alerted to um, my every post. It'll tell you what I'm posting. And so if it says, you know, notice Waterman file post or whatever, uh, you'll be told, and you can go look and see, of course, what uh, was posted. It might be a show. It might be an article and so forth. If you go to the Waterman Files, if you're a listener, you'll see that on today's post for the show, I have a picture of a book. That book isn't a book. That's the Bible. If you will right-click and download it, it's a PDF. It's a PDF of a Bible. And uh, so that might be something you might want to put in your tool chest for now. Below that, today I put an article up talking about Britain's Jewish communist traitors. It was an article written by Francis uh, Begbie, and it's a very, very uh, well-written. It came from, I got the source there. If you click on their name, it'll bring you to the source article. But I added some other things. I put some graphic in graphics in there of the people they were talking about. For uh, who were the Jewish spies that were traitors to America? There, it's an article about how they have damaged us and what they did and who they were. And he didn't. They didn't have pictures in that article. So rather than giving you a link, I went and dug up some photographs <laughs> of some of these people that are and were the spies, and one of them was the most damaging spy, Jewish spy of all, was Matilda, uh, not, not, I have it wrong, Melita Stedman, who changed her name to Norwood, who worked in 
and was secretary to the nuclear bomb program of the United States and funneled all that information to Israel and 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 to Russia, Soviet Russia. How did Israel get it? Well, after the war, the Bolsheviks gave Israel all their bomb information. Yep, they got it because of her. So you'll want to read this very intriguing bit of information about Jewish communist traitors to not just Britain, but to America, too. Wow. Let's see here. All right. We've got, I think we got it covered, don't we? Thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. It's been my pleasure to be with you, of course. Of course, remember uh, that you're not, you're not alone. Absolutely. You're not alone. Bye-bye. <laughs>
As nightfall has not come at once, neither does oppression. In both instances, there's a twilight where everything remains seemingly unchanged. And it is in such twilight that we must be aware of change in the air, however slight, lest we become unwitting victims of the darkness. Mom. 